Miami holds on for a big Saturday night victory over the Utah Jazz, and we look ahead to Miami's week with a voice from the great beyond. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Monday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is Wes Goldberg. We've got a great show for you today. A big win for the Miami Heat or the Utah Jazz on Saturday. I was there at that game. It was an exciting atmosphere at FDX Arena. Plus, we'll look ahead to a couple things that are taking place this week, and we'll get a new segment rolling that we'll talk about later on. It's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a mainstay of this show. But Wes, how was your weekend? Good. I was not at the game uh, against the Jazz. Uh, would have been nice. Had family in town, though. Uh, we went had a nice Italian dinner Saturday night. Saw my brother. Came down from Orlando. It was just it was a nice weekend overall. But uh, even an even better one that the, the Heat got a, a huge win over the Jazz. Maybe. I mean, just another signature win on a season that you've already kind of accumulated a few of these. It was a great sports weekend. Like, I love these weekends. Yeah. When I used to really love all South Florida sports, a, a Canes victory, a Dolphins yep. victory, a Panthers win, and, of course, the Heat win. And that was, as you mentioned, a big game, a signature game. And I think like, what the exciting part of that was that Miami just controlled the pace of the game for most of it. It was a back-and-forth affair for the, you know, about three quarters. Miami started pulling away there late in the game. And then they were actually up 112 to 93. And then they went on a, the Utah Jazz went on a 20 to 3 run to keep things close. They actually got down within one at one point late in the game. But Jimmy Butler sealed the game with some free throws. Donovan Mitchell wound up taking a bad shot at, as time expired. And Miami was able to hold on to the win. I Look, for me, the takeaway from the game, the central takeaway of that was that after Thursday's blowout loss to the Boston Celtics, Miami needed to find a way to respond, and they did so in convincing fashion. We have talked about this all season, that this is a very different version of the Miami Heat than what we've seen in the past, where they've given up leads or where they've blown games where they don't know how to, you know, how to hold on to a, a victory. This was a team that figured it out. They were able to understand the challenge. And look, the Jazz are a really, really good team, and Miami was still able to take care of business. They've done this now a few times this season. This, there's just a resiliency that that this group has, and I think you start with Eric Spolstra, who I, I think we don't appreciate that, the fact that he is the second-longest tenured coach in the NBA right now outside of Greg Popovich, right? Like, there's a stability there that matters. I think that he puts a belief in his team. I think it starts with him. And then, of course, you've got Jimmy Butler and you've got Kyle Lowry. And I just think that the way they play, they're, they're just so confident, not just within their own abilities, right? Jimmy Butler, I don't need to take threes to make a difference from scoring. I can lock anybody up in the league. Kyle Lowry, same thing. I don't need to score 20, 30 points a game to make a difference. But just their unselfishness with everybody else also just imbues confidence in all their all, all their teammates, right? Because they are the star players. Jimmy Butler specifically is the star player, right? The one guy on this team that probably right now is considered one of the top 15 players in the NBA. Right. And yet, unlike a lot of those people in that group, you know, his peers, uh, he doesn't need the ball in these last minutes, right? He's happy to give the give it up to Tyler Hero, happy, coming off the bench, right? Happy to get Bam Adebayo involved. Happy to just let Kyle Lowry go off for his if, – if he's got it rolling and he's going for a triple-double. Uh, I just think that this – they just, oh, this is a team that is very opportunistic. It's a word I keep going back to to describe this team. 
Um, but also, I think uh, very, very resilient is what we're seeing, especially off of a, of a tough loss to Boston, right? To yeah, be able to bounce huge. back and beat Utah at home. Yeah, that that's their identity, right? I think this yeah. season they've had enough championship pedigree on this roster, guys that have seen it all. They know that it's a tough loss. They kind of wrote it off after Thursday, and they said, you know what? It's just one game. But at the same time, they understood what's at stake here. They want to continue to build in the positive direction. And on Saturday, they absolutely did that. And a big part of that, was a player who was listed as questionable before tip-off. We didn't know what to expect after Kyle Lowry suffered an ankle injury on Thursday's loss where he was, you know, he actually went to the locker room. I think it was midway through the third quarter. Didn't come back at all for that game. And, of course, Miami wound up losing badly. But we had no idea what was going to happen. We had no updates until Saturday. We heard from Eric Spolstra that he was warming up with an intention to play. As we've talked about before, ankle injuries can be somewhat tricky. Spo kind of dismissed it and said, Lowry, you know, he's a, a player who has gone through this number of times. He understands what's at stake here. He always responds positively to treatment. And he did on Saturday. Again, from going from questionable to a triple-double, I think the 19th of his career and the fourth oldest player to achieve a triple-double with 20 points, 10, uh, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists. So an overall fantastic game from Lowry. He was everywhere, making the right play, looking ahead to you know cutters, just putting everybody in a great position to score and, and working so synergistically with everybody on yeah. this roster. The triple-double is great, isn't it, David? But to me, like... Just the fact that he looks healthy, that he is able to threaten for a triple-double in the first place, that he was able to be in the game at the end of that thing, despite, I mean, we talked about the ankle, that just it just didn't look good. On, on one hand, you know, him hopping off right to the locker room is not a good sign. On the other hand, at least he was doing it under his own power, right? He, and he sure. wasn't, like, crumpled on the floor for minutes, and then didn't have to, you know, help him off. But there's also the, the wrist thing, and you and I talked for Friday's episode about, um, after that Celtics loss, Maybe you just rest him for a little while. Uh, maybe it's you just give him the weekend off and you just hope he's ready to go for this road trip that's going to be really difficult coming up. Um, but that's not how Kyle Lowry operates, I suppose. He's like, hey, if I can go, I'm going to go. Even this early in the season, I think you and I said, like, just don't, you know, I'm sure you can go, Kyle Lowry. I'm sure if this is a playoff situation or a playoff push, right. like, yeah, get out there late in the season. But right now, just take a breather. We were talking about, like, Gabe Vincent. Do you put Tyler Hero on the starting lineup? Do you have to go out and make some sort of acquisitions? Like, do they have point point guard depth issues? Turns out that the entire conversation was meaningless, at least for the short term, at least for right now, because Kyle Lowry was able to go out there and have his best game of the season as a Miami Heat player. Yeah, fantastic. But, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler was also really impressive on Saturday. Yeah. 27 points, really efficient. Didn't seem like Utah had an answer from whoever. He was always hunting for mismatches, always seemed to find whenever a, a smaller player, if they switched Conley onto him or even a guy like Mitchell, he just responded to the challenge. Uh, a couple times where he tried to post up Mitchell, took a couple of turnaround jumpers on Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, whoever it was, all comers. Jimmy took them all on and he was able to handle them. A fantastic night for him. Really efficient scoring, getting to the line too, but not relying on it. The big difference between him and say a player like James Harden and impactful down to stretch too, coming up big, hitting some nice free throws in clutch situations. But I did want to talk a little bit before well, we wait, move on. Go ahead, I, go ahead. I want to ask you though, Jimmy Butler, 27 points, yeah. 11 for 15 shooting, didn't take a single three-pointer. What have you thought about his offense overall this, this season? Because it it's been talked about. We, we we kind of mention it. Hey, you know, another good scoring night for Jimmy Butler. But I feel like we're so involved in Kyle Lowry pushing the tempo. Bam Adebayo's sort of new role. Tyler Hero coming off. We, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about Jimmy Butler's offense. He's the leading scorer on this team. What have you thought yeah. about his offense so far? It's great. I have concerns about its sustainability. I know we saw what happened last year against the Bucks when they were basically able to just shut down Jimmy completely. Now, I know a player like... 
Uh, Kyle certainly takes another element here, but Jimmy just looks much more efficient than I remember him, even being last year. Like he was putting up some monster numbers last year, but I think he's been very good this year. I still have concerns about whether or not a, a bigger body can shut it down. But last night, this, this was the segue I wanted to make before, is that they took Rudy Gobert, one of the best defenders, a two-time Defensive Player of the Year winner, and they took him out of the game completely, rendered him completely neutralized. And a big part of that was because of Bam and the mid-range shooting. So I, it just frees up opportunities for a guy like Jimmy to work close to the basket, especially if you don't have a defender like Gobert anywhere near him. So I don't know. It's that's, really that's, rare that's, when Rudy Gobert is a minus 20 in the in the plus minus, right? Like that's that, yeah. I don't know that that's ever happened, Like maybe outside of a playoff game. Yeah, I, I was sitting next to David Locke, uh, the uh, Jazz, obviously, radio play-by-play man. And let me tell you, they were not happy with Rudy's performance whatsoever. It was no. uh, possibly one of his worst games over the last couple of seasons. And they've seen some clunkers from him, but just Bam was completely effective. And a big part of that was the mid-range shot. Four of seven field goal attempts from the mid-range. Uh, really, really good. Just looked confident. Looked like he just had his stroke on. Understood that what was the, the, at stake here. Again, that seems like it's a recurring hey. theme. But Bam just understood, look, this is Gobert. I've had problems with him in the past. He has not played well against Rudy throughout his career. He hasn't played well against even Hassan Whiteside. And and I think Hassan was actually more effective than Gobert was in limiting Adebayo. But, you know, we've seen him go Again, once in a blue moon kind of thing that that's happening. But you're, you're right. I think, you know, David Locke, I'm sure, was screaming at the top of his he lungs was. as he does. Um, yes. If you haven't listened to a – like, people listening to like – even if you're not a jazz fan, like go on to like league pass. They have the radio broadcasts available. Just listen to David Locke do like one play by play. It's like a spiritual experience. It's, 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 there's nothing like it. Uh, anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, you gotta give credit. Like, obviously you blame Gobert and the jazz for that performance, but you have to give a lot of credit to Miami too. And it's a weird match. That was a, an, a weird matchup for Utah. A good matchup. I thought for Miami, because what Utah's defense is going to do is take away everything at the rim and take away and chase everybody off the three point line and funnel everything to go bear. That's Miami's like, great, cool. That's awesome. We don't even care about three pointers. We're, we're taking fewer of them this year than we were last year. Uh, but we're going to just, we're going to carve you up in the mid range. If you're going to give this to us over and over and over again. And that's what Utah's defense is designed to do. And in a lot of ways, what Miami's offense is designed to exploit. Right. And I just going back to the Jimmy Butler point, and you can kind of extrapolate this across this entire lineup. Um, that's the kind of stuff that works in the playoffs, right? Like you want to be able to feast in that mid range area. And that's just the one thing I keep going back to with them um, that uh, offensively. I know they're not going to be the top offense in the league, but if they could stay in the top 10, I think that they're going to be very good. They're going to have a good right. seed. And then once you're right. in the playoffs, that basketball really starts to matter a little bit more than it does in the regular season. Did, did you get a sense that Miami got lucky that Utah has Donovan Mitchell on that roster? Because as good as Mitchell was, 4 of 15 from three-point range. And I tweeted right before the play actually rolled out, they're going to go to Mitchell. It was obvious they shouldn't because he wound up taking a really, really bad shot as time wound up. But it, it just he cost him the game to a large part. Just I mean, I know he kept him in the game, yeah. but the ball is so... Well, he, he, he's not much of a sharer right? when it comes to playing basketball. And it's, you know, you got to live or die by a performance from Donovan like that. Did Miami yeah. get lucky? No, I, I I just thought that they shut them. They shut everybody else down. Like, it's not often that Jordan Clarkson comes off the bench and just is rendered completely useless. Minus 27. He's in the been box struggling. They just, yeah. They, well, he's been struggling offensively and defensively just doesn't give you much in Miami. No. They're a, this is what I keep saying. I keep going back to this word opportunistic. And it's just they're they have transformed themselves from last year to this year. They're a mismatch hunting team. And they did that because that's exactly what Milwaukee did to them in the playoffs last year. And they got swept by it. And they said, you know what? We need more of that in our diet. And so they went out 
And they 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 are a very different team this year offensively, not just because of Lowry, but because Bam is playing different. Jimmy Butler is freed up now off the ball a little bit more. They are hunting these mismatches. And when you put a guy like Jordan Clarkson out there, they're going to say, you know what? Thank you very much. Nom, nom, nom. I'm going to take care of that. And then Rudy Gobert, same thing. Like, hey, we'll dare you to come out and, and challenge us in the mid-range. We're not going to let you just hang out and, and, you know, French rejection us this entire time. Like, it's just not what we're going to let you do. Um, and then offensively, everybody else, I mean, they weren't getting much from Ingles. They weren't getting much from Conley. No. Like, they weren't getting much from anywhere. Like, Donovan Mitchell, yeah. he had, like, that's just, that's a classic high usage uh, scoring guard type of game. Right. 14 for 28 isn't terrible. I know that he wasn't uh, awesome down the stretch, but uh, they needed his 37 points because they weren't getting points anywhere else. Quick thoughts on Hassan Whiteside, anything? I mean, look, he, uh, he was booed every time he touched the ball. Uh, yeah. He spoke that, you know, he spoke kind of positively about the Miami experience. And <laughs> very surprisingly, so did Eric Spolster. Kind of felt a little bit like pulling teeth when they asked him about, uh, I think it was a, a jazz reporter asked yeah. Spolstra about, Whiteside's moodiness and impacting his play and, and Spolster kind of just grinned and just delivered a, a very, very nice, solid very answer political. without really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very For, much so. This is how you know he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA. Is <laughs> he's, he's that much of a politician. Uh, you know what? I, I understand booing Whiteside. I get it. He he left. He was griping when he left. The whole, we got I got shooters now. We got shooters. It's just like, yeah, yeah man, you know what? You didn't have to burn bridges on your way out. You got traded. Like, deal with right. it. Like, you know, the Heat helped. They they gave you your first big contract, and he earned that contract, no doubt about it. But um, you know, it, now it feels like it's been a few years. Bygones are bygones, and everybody's like, you know what? That's just not even interesting to talk about anymore. So that's all there is to it. But fans are still going to boo, and that's great. That's what fans are for. <laughs> and let's hope you won't boo our next segment when Nostra Dumwis introduces us to his visions of the great beyond from the great beyond about this upcoming week from the Miami Heat. But first, a little bit about. Prize Picks, if you're an NBA fanatic, you've probably heard about Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy made easy for you. They've got the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, offering more NBA props than anywhere else. And they offer all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Speaking of making things easy, what you need is DirecTV. Simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle. DirecTV brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contracts. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. All right, it is time for Nostra Dumb West, David. Uh, this is a new segment that we are doing. This is unflappable predictions of the future, the next week of Miami Heat basketball. So what I'm going to do here every week on Mondays is give you a handful of predictions for the week of Miami Heat basketball on a Monday. And then on a Friday, what we're going to do is look back and just see how right I was. And that's what we're going to do here um on locked on heat and so i got my first prediction for you now david are you ready absolutely and let me say i love the wardrobe change really big 
I mean, it just perfectly sums it up. I, I love it. If you're gonna do right. it, you gotta do it big. If you're not watching Absolutely. on YouTube, that's your that's your loss. Um, that's right. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, all right. So here is our first prediction. The Heat will lose to the Nuggets, but Jimmy Butler will score his season high in points. His season high so far is 36. I love this matchup for Jimmy. Michael Porter Jr. has been struggling offensively. His confidence is a little bit shaken. He he missed a wide open layup that could have won the Nuggets the game the other night. And defensively, there's always just been room for improvement uh, for for MPJ there. So whether or not he's there, I know he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. And if he's not there, even better for Jimmy Butler. You don't even at least have that like six eight body in the way, in his runway. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler is going to go off. I think he's going to eat. But I do think that on the first game of a long road trip, Miami will lose to Denver, but Jimmy Butler is going to put up a hell of a performance. Your thoughts? I like the Butler prediction. I don't like the thoughts of them going in there into Denver and losing. They're building momentum here. They came back. You know, they held on to the win over the Jazz. They beat the Nets. They've beaten the Bucks. I, I know some of those games were missing key players on, on the other side of the ball. But this is a Miami team that's different. Why would they go into Denver and lose this game? I have to completely disagree with you, Nostra John West. I'm sorry. I, I know that you can see more than the average human being. But at the same time, there's got there's got to be some way for Miami to go to Denver and find a way to win. Don't doubt what I'm seeing, David. That's the whole point. I, I, I can tell the future when I'm wearing this hat. All right. Let's move on to my second prediction. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay. Wednesday night. In Los Angeles, first night of a back-to-back set at Staples Center, first the Lakers, then the Clippers on Thursday. Let's talk right. about this matchup in general. I'm not going to tell you who wins because I don't want to ruin the suspense, who wins these games. <laughs> but I will tell you this, David. Duncan <laughs> Robinson is going to break out of his shooting slump from three-point range in L.A. at Staples Center. Duncan Robinson is going to erupt from three-point range. I'm telling you this. I could see it. I could see it now. The Lakers, the Clippers, ranked uh, ninth and 10th in uh, the most three-point attempts um, or three-point three point makes allowed by opponents. So that's very not good for them. And I think it's just a ripe setting for a guy like Duncan Robinson to walk in and take advantage of some iffy perimeter defense by both the Lakers and the Clippers get his three-point shooting season back on track. Your thoughts? Uh, listen, I, I like where you're going with this. I think that's exactly the kind of prediction a lot of our fans can get behind. These teams, not particularly good defensively right now. The Lakers in particular have had some questionable roster moves. There's not a lot going on there as far as their defensive presence. And, of course, they're going to be missing LeBron James as well. I like it. I could see I could see Jimmy having a big game against the Lakers as well. But you're right about Duncan Robinson finally breaking out. I think it's going to happen. I know a lot of Heat fans have been clamoring for him to finally have a big game. It's okay. It's not that big a deal. I think we're all needlessly concerned about nothing. But you know yes. what? It's all going to be answered if he winds up having a big game against the Lakers. Now, uh, is the this Lake- a big game? Nasser Dumas, is this a big game against the Lakers and Clippers or just against the Lakers? Both. It's happening against the That's what I'm saying. Both of these teams rank in the bottom 10 in the league in three-point makes allowed. This And Duncan Robinson's entire job for Miami is to make three-pointers. He has not been doing a great job of this season so far. My confidence in him has never been shaken because I've been seeing this for a while now, David. I know this is only the first time we're doing this segment, but I've had this hat now for a couple of weeks, and it, it works. So uh, <laughs> I, I have foresaw the Duncan Robinson explosion in Los Angeles. It is going to happen. It's not going to just be against the Lakers on Wednesday, but he's going to do it again against the Clippers at Staples Center on Thursday. Heavy, heavy is the head that wears the gold-beaded hat, let me tell you. I understand right. it completely. Yeah. Are you ready for our next prediction? 
I think so. I, I'm a little scared because now that I've seen the kind of accuracy that you're talking about when you gaze into the great void, that the, the fact that you're able to pull these kinds of things out of absolutely nowhere, I am frightened here. Well, I pull them out of the future, David. It's not out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, to us it is. This it's is more than it. just wins and losses. I'm not going to predict wins and losses. I'm not going to do it. Like, that stuff is easy. And if I start doing that, then we're going to have all the gamblers flocking here. And you know what? Uh, it's just not the kind of responsibility that I want right. to have, even though if you do want to bet, use betonline.ag. Uh, but uh, I got to know this is more uh, nuanced type of things that people might not be ready to have predicted for them. So I got one last prediction for you for this week. Are you ready, David? Absolutely. All right. I'm looking. I'm looking. Russell Westbrook, Los Angeles Lakers' very own point guard, Russell Westbrook, will attempt at least 10 three-pointers against the Heat on Wednesday. That would be a season high for Westbrook, whose season high from three-point range attempts is eight so far. But here's what Miami is going to do. There is LeBron James, good chance that he doesn't play in that game. Again, I know if he will or not, uh, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm just telling you right now he's dealing with some injuries. We all know that. Thank you, Nostradamus. But I will tell you that Russell Westbrook will take 10 three-pointers. Uh, and the and the Heat are going to debate him into those three-pointers. The Miami Heat are a switching-style defense, and they do so very aggressively. And when they do go over those, they typically will go over the screens in most matchups. But against Russell Westbrook, they will not go over a single screen. They, in fact, they are going to go so dark, they're going to go so far under each one of these screens that Russell Westbrook uses when he tries to hero ball the Lakers into a win here at, in Los Angeles that the, the Heat are just going to be like, you know what? Go for it. Go ahead. We're actually going to drop back a little bit because the one thing Westbrook still does have is that ability to get to the rim. And he's still got that that athleticism is still there. Not quite what it was. I actually think he's taken a step back this year, but he still has enough of it to get to the basket almost at will for the most part. I think the Heat are going to be conservative with that. They're going to drop back in defense a little bit more. Again, going under those screens as opposed to fighting over them like they have for most of the year. And they're going to be more than happy with Westbrook trying to shoot the Lakers into a win. I'll tell you what, I don't think it's going to work. I think the Heat are going to get exactly uh, where they want Westbrook to be. They're just going to keep him out, be on the three-point line. They're going to force Westbrook to beat him from there. And that's not something that he does very well. No, this is an incredible prediction. You truly have the gift, uh, the the third eye, to see into the great beyond and be able to find these incredible factoids from the future. Uh, It's it's amazing. It's like it's already been written on stone or something like that. We know these for a fact. I cannot wait to debate these later in the week. As far as Westbrook shooting... Yeah, sure. Miami gives up a ton of three-pointers. That's just what they do. Uh, They gave up a ton to Donovan Mitchell, and he wound up taking every opportunity possible. And I think Westbrook will similarly do something against the Heat on Wednesday. So that's going to be a fun matchup. Anything else, Nostradamus, before we move on to our next segment? No, I think it's time for Monday Madness. (laughs) Absolutely. But first, this is something that you don't need to be able to see into the great beyond for, but that's the great taste of built bars. Listen, look, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I love Thanksgiving, all the good foods that you could possibly think of a time to spend with family. And what better way to do that? If you're looking to try and save some of the calories or some of the fat on incredible from the great foods available during the holiday season, then let me suggest built bars. It's the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Soft and easy to chew. 100% covered in chocolate. So many delicious flavors. Instead of getting coconut cream pie, get a coconut built bar instead. Again, so many different flavors to choose from. You can hand them out to family members. When your Aunt Betty comes around asking for a piece of pie, say, you know what? 
Try a Bilt Bar instead. You could probably use the cutting calories there. But you know what? Maybe don't offer that last part of it, but also recommend all the great flavors. <laughs> they all taste great, but you know what? You can always save money too. If you go to Bilt.com and use a promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order just in time for Thanksgiving. Go to Bilt.com and use LOCKED15 for 15% off. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the ask, hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. We could have done this show without you, however. It's been fun to always you know, talk Heat basketball over the years. Your support has been so appreciated. And occasionally, like I mentioned last week, this is a new segment that we're doing where we uh, you know, take the time to shout out a support of the show at the beginning of every third segment. A wave hello that we see you and appreciate you. Today's Heat Wave goes out to Jade Jacobson, a big supporter of the show. Been a Heat fan since 2003. Since the he drafted Jerome Beasley, originally from North Dakota and eventually Seattle. Jade from Seattle used to send emails over the last couple of years. He's been listening and supporting the show from the direct opposite end of the country. Thank you so much, Jade. We really appreciate that kind of support. Jerome Beasley. I didn't even I remember he was on, on the roster. I was just looking at basketball reference to see if he had a nickname because I wanted to interject with some sort of contribution. He doesn't have a nickname on basketball reference. So uh, what a reference. By our fan there, thank you so much uh, for for uh, being supportive of the show, and that's why you are the weekly heat wave. Absolutely, but it's also time for Monday Madness. Listen, we don't want to start off the week. We don't want to start off angrily, but at the same time, look, we build up frustrations. Just because we bring you the best heat coverage available doesn't mean that we don't get pissed off every once in a while. And one of the things that grinds my gears is talking about putting Tyler Hero in that starting lineup. Listen. Can't we just Ridiculous. appreciate Duncan Robinson for what he does? Tyler's not ready. He's 21 years old. No. He's leading the team's offense. He's doing everything he can off the bench. He's gone yeah. into a comfortable rhythm. Why do you have to start him? Why mess things up? Don't we trust Eric Spolster after 14 years running this team to know exactly where to put each player? Duncan is doing just fine. He'll, he'll come around eventually, and then we'll all forget about this ridiculous talk about starting Tyler Hero. Crazy. I like Tyler. He's a great player, and at the same time, he's in the right role for him. Absolutely. Let's leave him alone and leave Duncan Robinson alone. Wes, what are your thoughts? Leave him alone. Leave Tyler Hero alone. This is why, if you're a Heat fan, Sometimes you just can't have nice things. You got Tyler Hero, who is thriving. We're talking about sixth man of the year, most improved, right. all this stuff. And you're like, give him a different role. It doesn't make any, it's just not logical. Like, why would you give him a different role when he is succeeding and being so helpful to winning? I don't care if he starts. This guy is playing so well that he's closing games. You ask Tyler Hero if he cares, and he tells you he doesn't. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but he's saying it publicly, and he's delivering on that on the court, and by the way, he does say, I just want to close games when I can help my team win. And so far this season, he has been. So what do you want to yeah. do? You just want to change his role all of a sudden? I'm not saying Tyler Hero can't handle it, but just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just leave it yeah. alone. It's working. And it's not like Duncan Robinson, his spacing still matters. You think that people are just leaving him open the way that they leave open Russell Westbrook? That's He still demands respect because he's a 40% career three-point shooter. And everybody knows that that shot is going to come around at some point. Just leave it alone. Everything's working. Stop trying to fix stuff that doesn't need to be fixed. 
Yeah, great piece by Cooper Moorhead over at Heat.com. Really yeah. highlighted a lot about what's happening with Duncan. Talked specifically about his role changing this year. Not as many dribble handoffs, certainly not as many dribble handoffs from Bam Adebayo, who's handling the ball less, of course, because of the addition of Kyle Lowry. So Duncan's role has changed. He's trying getting, to find a little getting bit more. Getting more just open catch-and-shoot attempts, which you would think would be – one of the things that makes Duncan so special is his ability to shoot on the move, but it's not as if right. he can only shoot while moving, right? Obvi- I think – He's Again, logically, you expect though. like just a, a standalone catch and shoot attempt that that's a clean look would be better than even coming off of a Bam Adebayo uh, screen and handoff. But right. uh, the shots are there; they're just different yeah. kinds of shots. To Cooper's point, and to yours, yeah, no, I, I think he's going to eventually evolve. I think he's going to figure it out. He's just too smart. Works too hard as a player. And again, as you mentioned, the gravity has to be there. Multiple defenders always tracking what Duncan does, even when he's not able to knock down the shot at more than 35%. And that's going to come around. He's going to have a few games, a few weeks, where he shoots plus 40% every time, and we're going to all forget about this nonsense. But anyway, I hate to start off your week that way. Yeah. It's going to come around in L.A. Yeah, we know this. Nostradamus, you're not even here, and somehow still making bold predictions. I I heard him say that earlier. I don't know where he went, but... I don't know. I over I overheard your conversation with him. No, I mean that's it's okay. We'll we'll you know we'll we'll talk about that later on. I don't want you to be uh, I don't want you to be subjected by anything because you you know gotten the evil eye or something like that. But listen, it's a big game on Monday against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they're struggling a little bit. Obviously, they've got some injury concerns as well. Uh, any thoughts on the matchup against the Nuggets? Any pre- any matchup that you're particularly looking for? I think the obvious one is at center. But uh, anything else yeah. that you think might happen? Obviously, Jimmy Butler is going to have a big game according to a well-trusted source? Uh, the Bam Jokic thing, man. Like, that's it, right? Like, this is these are two centers from the future right now. Um, I think you look at these, these you know, next-generation type centers, it's it's Bam, it's, it's Jokic, and it's Joel Embiid, who's basically playing point guard for Philadelphia right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anytime these guys get matched up, it's going to be a lot of fun. What is going to be interesting is whether or not, because you mentioned, like, Bam's assists are down, he's not being as much of a playmaker anymore. Do the Heat try to involve a little bit more of that, right? And uh, do they try to go to Bam early and often because Jokic, is, as as specially as he is offensively, still leaves a little bit off the, on the table when it comes to defense? And does Bam try to exploit that the way that he basically exploited uh, Rudy Gobert in sort of the opposite way, right? Um, yeah. I, I that's where I think we that's where I think the Heat end up going pretty early in this matchup. Of course, I think Jimmy Butler is going to have a nice night too, but I think Bam, like it, it's there for him. I wonder if it, if it's going to be more of a scoring thing for him, or if they're going to him early and he starts getting other guys involved. And maybe we see maybe we see him get a little competitive with Jokic from an assist playmaking type of uh, 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 part of his game. And yeah. if that's the case, like that's part of the, what I'm really interested in seeing because Bam before the season said, "Hey, I want to just keep going to something. If it's working, I'm just going to keep hammering it. If something works early on, I wonder if we see Bam do that." Absolutely. It's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Let's see how Miami is able to handle the Maya High atmosphere. But that does it for today's episode. Of course, we'll have a full recap after that game tomorrow night. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for watching today's or listening to today's episode. Of course, let us know what you think about our new segments and anything else that we mentioned in today's podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever else you get podcasts. Uh, Make sure that you always listen to Locked on Heat, your first listen every day. Thank you so much to so many of you who have been doing exactly that. So now also make sure that you listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thank you so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.
Ahoj.